and my dad was driving and I said dad you remember you told me that I could go you know do whatever I wanted to study whatever I wanted to I think I know what I want to do and uh, he was like he expected I'd say I want to do my MBA or you know postgrad in journalism or something and I said I think I want to go learn how to cook wow <laughs> and he was like mm, yeah <laughs> I'm around 100 kilos of chocolate every single day and more than 100 kilos of sugar every day. I'm a pastry chef and sugar is my bread and butter and jam and Nutella. But I decided to take those layers off with my brand new show. I'm talking to fellow chefs, entrepreneurs, my friends and mentors about the blood, sweat and all the other ingredients that go into making it in the food industry. I'm Pooja Dingra and you're listening to my podcast No Sugar Coat. Today I'm talking to Chef Garima Arora. Garima trained at Le Cordon Bleu in Paris and has worked with some of the biggest names in food, Rene Redzepi, Gagan Anand to name a few. She now runs her own restaurant, Ga, in Bangkok. So how did this journey to, you know, being in the kitchen start for you? I mean, I know that you were doing something else before. Can you walk me through it? Mm, let's see. Uh I think it all started me as a kid. Uh it was my dad who traveled around a lot in you know okay let's let's go back to the 90s when i was growing up you know how india was in the 90s yeah. we we didn't even have like cheese slices i mean yeah. my my uncle would come from london get us cheese slices and we were like cheese slices <laughs> bounty chocolates you know this kind of thing peanut butter i remember peanut butter was a big thing for me exactly i mean those are things that we yeah. we never used to find like you know go to the supermarket my mom used to shop at apna bazaar man <laughs> no no peanut butter in apna bazaar but Uh yeah so my dad used to travel a lot me growing up and you know he and he he was a cook in the family I always saw my mom and my dadi cooking but for them cooking was a chore but when dad used to come back he used to go into the kitchen and he used to cook and he used to enjoy it I used mm-hmm. I saw him having fun with it and you know smiling and laughing and it was always a good time when he used to cook so I guess that's the memory I have of cooking and that's where I learned how to eat well As so this was tell. this was like what you were like six eight years. Yeah, it was probably there. Yeah, this was. Yeah. I was yeah five eight, five five seven yeah around that age five to seven I guess. So these are my earliest memories of cooking. Yeah. Everybody has their mother, their grandmother. Yeah. I have my dad, I, yeah. and him and I have always been very close. He's my best friend, my soulmate, my everything. I mean, there's uh, we're inseparable. So when I see him cooking, I guess part of me always wanted to. to everything that dad did. And I think that's where it stuck in my mind that cooking is fun. Yeah. And growing up, of course, him and I we went out to different restaurants together, ate a lot, you know, traveled a lot together and I don't know, somewhere down the line I thought this is what I wanted to do when I uh would grow up. But uh, reality checks in and <laughs> and then <laughs> I uh I somehow got onto the track of being a journalist. Mm. And I thought that's what I wanted to do. that point and uh, i studied to be a journalist worked as one for a year as well and still at the back of my mind i thought okay i'll do a restaurant someday and so how old were you, you this were... was i think when i was 19 okay at 20 i just passed out college and so was... the idea of cooking was always at the back of your mind it, but... it always yeah, was and yeah i thought i'll win my pulitzer and then i'm going <laughs> to go and open a restaurant <laughs> but uh, wouldn't that be nice that would have, that would have been perfect <laughs> if that played out but <laughs> and my dad being the kind of person he is he always said that i'm never going to pay for your wedding but if you want to study 
at all, anything ever, any part of the world, no matter what it costs, just come and tell me and I'll give you the money for it. That's incredible. I think that's where, you know, like for me as well, you know, I, I was doing law and then the minute I wanted to leave, I the fact that I knew that my parents would support this decision yeah. was like the biggest game changer. And I think that's what most, you know, kids that come to me, they come with like, okay, what do we do? How do we tell our parents? Yeah. And I think that's important to kind of know that this is a profession that one can, you know, it's important to know that your parents have your back. We don't give them the credit that's due. <laughs> yeah. It's so easy to forget yeah. and, you know, it, we can't wait to grow up. We yeah. can't wait to leave all of that behind. But I think uh, when you when you just take a little breath and you think back and you realize how much you owe them yeah, what you are today. So when I told my dad, uh, I remember we were driving and going to see, I think we were going to a wedding or something, some party somewhere. And my parents were sitting up front and I was at the back and my dad was driving. And I said, Dad, you remember you told me that I could go, you know, do whatever I wanted to, study whatever I wanted to. I think I know what I want to do. And uh, he was like, he expected I'd say I want to do my MBA or, you know, postgrad in journalism or something. And I said, I think I want to go learn how to cook. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think he was really happy. He, what does he do? Does he, is he in the food? No, no, not at all. He is, uh, he organizes events and exhibitions. Okay. And my parents, they both work together. They're like couple goals for me. <laughs> They've been together how many years? Not 34, 34 years, 33 years. They've always worked together, lived together, been together. Wow. And yet they're so independent of each other, but. But still. But still they work. Yeah, because working together is not the best idea. Yeah, they take holidays separately and then together. And, you know, mm. they. They have such a great working relationship in the house, outside of you know, work, everywhere. So they're, they're great. They're great yeah. together. So then you told them that, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to go learn how to cook. And they were cool with it. My dad was. My mom was. But <laughs> Shadi. <laughs> I was 20. I'm like, what? what? Okay. So, yeah. But if it wasn't for my dad, I probably would have been yeah. married at 20 with kids at 22. <laughs> That's what my mom wanted from me. But yeah, but I had a really cool dad. Yeah. And she kind of played along with it. She's pretty cool like that too. And so you went to Paris. Then I went to Paris. Stayed there you? for a year yeah. and a half, I think. Well, so what was that like? Like you knew you want, you know, you've been cooking at home and, you know, just been passionate about food. But then what happens when you reach Cordon Bleu? Like was it, did it match the expectations? Was it like underwhelming? What was culinary I was a vegetarian like? when I, because yeah. <laughs> I was this animal right <laughs> oh my activist God. person when I left. I was a vegetarian uh, I still remember the first week of that I was in school. I was yeah. so I was in in pastry, and you know all the cuisine chefs used to come and love to mess around with us. Yeah. So the first week, the chef from like the hot kitchen just comes and puts like a dead duck on the table or de dead rabbit, like yeah. just like on the table, and all of us just squeal. Like, I can imagine. On, you know, we're like chocolate people. There's like, blood on my chocolate. <laughs> what are you doing? So I can't even imagine for a vegetarian what that must be like. Yeah, it's you know one of those things when you want something so bad or you want it so much so everything you do in the process it's it comes naturally it just happens and you don't even realize you're doing it it just happens so never eaten meat before no i, I was I, everybody in, i'm a punjabi man yeah. everybody is, is a meat eater in yeah. my family but i chose to be a vegetarian yeah. for almost 10 12 years at that okay. point so yeah it's i turned vegetarian it's eight. still not the same right like you're you're having like rare and uh, no completely not yeah. uh, and you know, growing up, of course, Punjabi family, all, the only meat we knew was chicken. chicken. <laughs> and if, you know, if you're yeah. a little uh, 
you know feel a little whimsical you get uh, mutton yeah, yeah that that's about it but but that's it so when i the first time i even heard of rareness of meat or dumbness of meat was when i moved mm-hmm. to paris so i think that first one year it just my world was blown wide open i there was just so much to learn so much to take in so much to do you remember any like incidents from school like you know your experience with like the first time you had to like cut open a chicken or put your hands into something to stuff it like do you have any sort of crazy memories from any of that i remember the first day i cut my finger in half <laughs> it was this finger right here there's a little scar as oh, well your middle finger nice yeah of course exactly and i was just walking around like this in school <laughs> like well, she has an attitude <laughs> but no it was yeah so the first day you remember i don't know if you you got that as well your the, knife the kit knife yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that was the first time you open a knife kit and you were like and the beautiful oh, knife beautiful obviously you don't know how to handle them because I'd never handled one before and yeah I cut my middle finger and I ended up in the hospital that night no. first day of school and that kind of set the tone of things to come but wow but I think yeah you learn a lot in school but for me it was everything that I learned outside okay. of school so you finished school and then what did you do straight after so I worked in this little uh, pastry I actually started really? as a pastry and you so you did both you did pastry and cooking yeah um, I did the grand grand diploma yeah. that's that's what I did so it was called uh, gatwe dupa it was in the 15th oh yeah, yeah of course I lived across it so yeah that's yeah, where I worked for 6 months okay, okay. so my lemon tart recipe is from there really yeah. no <laughs> it, it was it's, it's a great great yeah. bakery yeah. so so good But I wasn't meant for it. No. <laughs> After six months, I was like, I think I should go. And they I'm were happy to see me go. I was happy to leave. And I think that's when I decided it was the hot kitchen. Hot I was kitchen. happiest in. And so you worked in Paris in a hot kitchen also? Yeah. So it was a little, uh, I, so I lived in the 10th around the small where, uh, right across the, uh, Jada de Luxembourg, right across oh. there. And there was a little, uh, a restaurant called, uh, I forget the name always. Anyway, I went there like French food. Yeah, like it, it was like a little brasserie and I used to go and peel potatoes there <laughs> on the weekends uh, for them and that's it. it was like not even a comedy job. I don't think it was a job even. And they used to pay me minimum wages at that yeah. time. So I didn't even get that man in my internship. Oh, no, I didn't. So my internship oh. was at Gato Dupa. Oh, oh, so this was just like extra. Extra on the side cuz I wanted to see what the other side of uh, the whole thing was. But I think that's what I decided this is this where is I'm happier. Really? Huh? Yeah, I kind of had a death wish, I think. <laughs> And then what happened after Paris? So after Paris I went to Dubai. Oh really? To work with uh, uh, at this restaurant called Ver which was by Gordon Ramsay. Oh. I think I spent almost two years there. You worked with Gordon Ramsay? Not with really. it. I don't think so. He even knows that I exist because everybody's like, "Oh, you oh. work with Gordon Ramsay?" I'm like, mm, "Yeah, sure." Well, okay. you worked in one of his restaurants. Exactly. He has so many across the yeah. world. I was in just one of them and it was my first job as a commis chef. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had these two chefs who actually had worked with the uh, uh Gordon and were running his restaurant there but anyway a year in uh Gordon pulled out and these two chefs stayed back and opened the restaurant at the same spot so I kind of was part of that opening team oh, wow. I think that was a great experience just learning what it is to open a restaurant from yeah. scratch at that young age so very small team like five of us maybe and then I ended up working with them for another few months maybe six months I think and uh, yeah that's it and and moved on from there and how what was that experience like compared to paris i think the biggest lesson i learned there was uh, humility being humble uh i walked into that kitchen with this do you know this this <laughs> yeah i come back from yeah, yeah. school and i deserve you to be are there. lucky to have me you know that kind of that kind of 
we have, I don't know what is it. I yeah. I come across so many kids these days, and I think I was one of them as well ten years ago. This sense of entitlement yeah, yeah, that yeah. we have. When somebody asks me for advice, I just say, "Don't be an a- please." Exactly. Like, that's that's but that's what I learned then, and I yes, my chefs were really tough on me, and at that point, I did not understand why. Yeah. But I thank them for that today. Yeah. They brought me back down to planet Earth. I was the minute I walked in, I was like, "You all are lucky to have me." <laughs> you know, I'm the star. Yeah, exactly. That's the attitude I had. So humility is, I think, one of the first lessons yeah. I learned there, and that's what carried me through everything else. Yeah, and so one year there, a year? Uh, no, almost two years. Two years. Almost two years with the next opening. restaurant as well. And then I got an internship at Noma. Yes, Noma. We're that changed <laughs> everything. That changed me as a cook, as a person. Everything. So had you heard of Noma before? Like, of course, oh, of so, course. And what was the application process like? You just... So remember when we were at uh, the new restaurant had opened and uh, we had this little library and the Noma book was there. And we, you know, during downtime, we would all skim through these books. And you look at all these plates at you know, in, in the book and you'd be like, what is this? I, I never thought I could go and work there. I'd had even... Even go to Copenhagen. Where was Copenhagen? <laughs> you know? And uh, so I left uh, the restaurant that I was working at, but nothing in my hand. I think I was done. I wanted more. I wanted to do something more, to learn more. So I applied to a lot of different uh, yeah. restaurants for an internship and didn't so hear from any. So, so this is like an unpaid stage, right? Completely. It's, it's like, and this happens all around the world, but I don't think it happens in India at much all. at all right yeah. I, and i don't understand why i don't understand why everyone is so guarded about everything that they yeah. do and don't want to share i think it is um, that it's just like it's i my don't share my yeah, yeah well, it's it's not about recipes. so internationally restaurants do this all over the you know it's it's the most common practice where people go from restaurant to restaurant yeah just learning and kids make a career out exactly. of it today where they have never worked They've never had a paid job in the last five years, but they're just interning from one restaurant to the other yeah. and doing pop-ups in between to earn some money. That's yeah. that's how a lot of kids learn on yeah. the job. So that's one way of doing it as well. But yeah, you're right. I've never heard of anybody having in, doing an internship in India anywhere. Tell me, what was it like your first day at Noma? You walk in, I, tell I, me about it. Oh, so they give you a little... Uh, so they close on Sundays and Mondays. And is it like a group of interns that start exactly. on the same day? Okay. So you normally have a batch of 10 to 12 yeah. interns. From all over the world. All yeah. over the world, exactly. They start at the same time. And so they bring they call you in on, on the day the restaurant's closed. So they give you a little tour. So you when you come in the next day, you, you know where kind of have your yeah. bearings. There's no way they can prepare you for what's coming. <laughs> but <laughs> So at least you know, you know where the thermomix is kept or where the ladle is kept and you're not going and bothering people yeah. with that information. So they give you a little tour. Yeah. Uh, introduce you to people around, whoever it is. So just to ease you into things. And I remember when we were being shown the tour, I saw Renee in oh. the PDR and it was a proper fangirl <laughs> moment. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God yeah. And yeah, I remember he came in again, a lesson in humility. Everybody knows who he is, but he yeah. comes over and he introduces himself that, hi, I'm Renee. And it was like, we know. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> You're I know. <laughs> exactly. Like, you don't need to say that. But, but th- that's it. Yeah. You kind of think that I think it says a lot about a person when they do something like that. And to come to a group of interns, yeah. I don't know a lot of chefs who do that or even even approach people like that. So yeah, that's that was my first day. And then boom, Tuesday morning. And what were your main learnings from this? Like what was it that you took away from this job that you had there? That's a really good question because I don't think people understand being in that place. 
you don't take recipes from Noma. Mm-hmm. That's if you ever see, I yeah. think in any kitchen, if you have somebody who's interning and you see somebody with a an intern with a notebook in the side writing a recipe down, you're like, you don't what? get it. You don't get it. You don't understand why you're here and what is it that you're supposed to take yeah. away. I think it's 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 an it's a state of mind. It's an mm-hmm. ideology. It's a philosophy. It's the way you think. That is what you take away from a place like that. Not recipes. Yeah. That's that's silly. I think. That's not understanding what it's about. So that completely changed you the whole Completely. Experience. If you would have met me before I went to Noma, you'd be like, Mm-mm, no, <laughs> you don't get a cupcake from me. <laughs> but no, it, it it feels like it centered you. In, in it, comes, it did. And as a chef, like it, it made you more sure of what you wanted to do or what kind of philosophy you have or... I wasn't judged for any other thing, just being, mm-hmm. just being able to cook. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. An ecosystem like that, it, it encourages you to be who you are. In fact, maybe it's a high-stress environment where it draws out your true natural self more than anything else. There's no pretense when you're working 16, 18 hours a day, six days a week. It's And you're it's donkey work. Yeah, and it's the same people and it gets, it, it gets difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's where your true character comes out. And, and for once, you're not judged for who you are. It's... Mm-hmm. You expected to come in. You expected to do your work the best possible, best way possible, and that's all that's expected of you. Do it with integrity, with honesty and loyalty. That's all that's that you need to do. I think that was refreshing. Yeah, I hadn't ever worked in a place like that before, where where you could be yourself. So, so coming back to that about being yourself and not being judged for who you are, do you think? Um, and you know, this is something that I'm asked a lot, and something that I reflect a lot about gender and does a role you know I know that we were on this panel once in Delhi and we were talking about you know what it's like to be a woman in the kitchen mm-hmm. and I think both of us had the same sort of um, you know ideology that if you do your job right um, it shouldn't matter you know but I think that gender plays a big role um, especially when you know I'm in a, in a position where I run my own business so I get to decide the tone that's set for how the company runs but most people are not so fortunate Mm. and they go into like um, an environment or an organization where the culture is not that have you ever been in that position have you seen that side of the kitchen i don't know i think it's difficult to attribute or i mean that they're running a business you always have problems you always have difficulties you meet people that that are difficult yeah, but do you attribute it to you being a woman or just a simple, you know, a disagreement of uh, thoughts? Yes, being a woman is comes with its own set of challenges. I agree. There is no denying that, and I think it's more so in our country than it is anywhere mm-hmm. else. That I completely agree with. But I don't know. I guess it 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 all comes down to this question. When people ask me, how does it feel to be a female? Chef. I always thought, and I think Claire Smith, who won the best female, uh, world's best female chef in uh, one of these lists uh, this year, said that I've never been a male chef. So, and I I think she just hit it right. She just said it so beautifully and perfectly. This is the only way I know how to be. So these are my challenges. I don't know what to attribute it to and what not to. But I still still believe in what I think we both agreed on the last, on that panel, the last time we met, that... You just do what you've got to do. Yeah. Haters will hate. There will be problems. But it comes with everything. It comes with everything. And any men face their part of the problems as well. So these are ours. And as women who run their own businesses, this is perfect that you can set the tone of what what you want the future to be like. 
So that's that's fantastic. And that's what I look at and that's what I want to focus on. People around me can... And so, so then, you know, what was the environment like working in a, a European kitchen to then you move to an Asian kitchen, right? Like, yeah. what was it? Did you see a difference in culture or was it... Completely. I think European kitchens are so much more competitive. They're... They'd, yeah, I think every... That is their culture, I think. But the minute I walked into an Asian kitchen, it was the first time I was working in Asia and... I think, uh, oh, well, this part of the world. So anyway. you, went to, you went to Bangkok? Yeah, I went to Bangkok, Bangkok. And I was spending a few months in uh, the kitchen of Kagan. The staff there was amazing. The way they welcomed me was, I think I, I made such you, great friends there. You were done. You were like, I'm never leaving Thailand. I'm <laughs> never leaving. Yeah, this is my life. This no. is my life. No, exactly. Because I, I met you when you were in that phase and you were like, yeah, I'm coming to Bombay. I'm coming back. Yeah. And then you were just like, she's just there. She's gone to Bangkok. She's not coming back. So when this deal in Bombay did not happen yeah. and it fell through, everybody was... Like, should we tell her how to... I already knew, but I could sense that people are tiptoeing around me because they didn't know how I would react to it. So when they came and told me, you know what, I don't think that's going to happen. So for those of you who don't know, Garima was supposed to head the Gagan restaurant in, in Mumbai that was going to open. That's correct. And that yeah. didn't happen. And then she still just went ahead and <laughs> lived in Bangkok anyway. Anyway, yeah, because I, I was supposed to spend six months there and move yeah. back to Bombay. So when uh, the investors came and told me, so that's not going to happen... You know, outwardly, I was like, oh, that's terrible. That's that's unfortunate. And inside, but inside, I was like, yes. Okay, now I don't have to go. <laughs> Increase the lease on my apartment. Let's stay back. And yeah, so the same group of investors had a spot across uh, from where Gagan is right now. And they said if I wanted to do something there. Now, the dynamics here was completely different. This wasn't going to be Gagan's restaurant. It was a chance to do something for my yeah. own self. Of course, I agreed and... Yeah, well, and then that's how Ga happened, and it's been a year since. So. Wow, one year already. It's been one year, yeah. So feels like yeah, tell us about Ga. Tell me about it. Like, what is the you know? I I read about the menu and how you're inspired. You still have to get there. Woman. I'm still <laughs> this waiting. Birthday, this, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> this birthday, exactly. <laughs> how many birthdays? Ga is accumulation of all the reasons I fell in love with Thailand and the reasons I decided to stay back. When I moved there, I think it was my dad who said that if you spend more than three months, you're not going to leave. You know that, right? I was like, Bangkok, come on. We dad have this image. That is always right. That is always that, right. That, he's always right. And I should have known. Because I don't know, I had this seedy, very almost, <laughs> I don't know, a very different version of uh, Bangkok in my head. But uh, which did not go beyond Soinana, to be honest. <laughs> but, but I think when I moved there and I made new friends and I met so many amazing people and so many other cooks in the city and... And I think that's when I realized that it, that place has so much to offer. And more than anything, I understood the connection between my country and Thailand. It's amazing. The language is similar. Their mythology is similar. Their cooking techniques, their spices up north to the curries of the south. There's so much in common between the two countries, which people don't talk about. We don't even know. So I think that's what drew me most. And that's what guys about. It's the connection between the two countries. Yeah. Okay, now I have to make it there. Yeah, yeah you have to. <laughs> so this is what you were waiting for? <laughs> Personal invitation, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay, chef. So, so I mean, how has this, you know, because this is now your baby. And what has that been like in, in, you know, like I always say the last, for me, even doing this in the for eight years, the last one year has completely changed me. Um, what has the last year been like for you? I think opening a restaurant... Like I said, cooking is just 20% of it. 
so much other than <laughs> and this is what people to, don't understand they yet. don't understand that i think the first thing i learned was how to set up a business yeah. which i had no idea how to do uh i think going back if i think that if i were to do it all over again what would i do differently the first thing i would do is get a chartered accountant <laughs> so, which we got very late in the game and then at that point we didn't yeah. know how much money we had numbers, spent numbers 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 everything seriously but numbers. i think that's that's the first thing i learned second i think you learn how to juggle relationships yeah especially when it's uh, you're dealing with so many different invested uh, egos and personalities and different people everybody has a different idea of things i think to learn how to deal with that is probably one of the biggest things because it's no longer just you and your yeah. vision alone you have to carry everybody with you and everybody has to be on board with what you have in mind that is tricky yeah. that is i think the trickiest cooking is just 20% of it <laughs> i wish i just thought i'll go into yeah. the kitchen i'll do my cooking and it's, it's like yeah I'll make one cake and yeah. it's amazing and it's yeah. not yeah i think and and that's something that i was you know we were talking about earlier about how as women or at least for me i wasn't taught up my my you know my finances well enough yeah even though i did do you know commerce and i had accounting in school and yeah. all of that i think just the whole the the day to day application of it is something that you know if you are whether whoever you are if you're starting a business or you're you know a chef who wants to get into this this is the first thing that you need to do is get your Completely. numbers you get yeah it's in, very in very important order. And so now what is the at any point this year did you ever feel like giving up did you ever feel like an absolute failure and you felt like what am i doing with my life why am i doing this i think it happens every second day man <laughs> you question yourself yeah. all the time cuz i don't think people realize this and it goes out to to so many people who have an opinion you know who cannot wait to share their opinion about what other people do you you Do you know your 10 years that I've been cooking it's accumulation of all of that and I you know you and of course it's just not me that would be so unfair to say if it was me alone and the team that you have in your kitchen you all get together and you put up this menu okay just mm-hmm. a small menu and everybody has an opinion and they don't shy away from uh, you know letting you know how they feel about it so so criticism is stuff to yeah it's harsh but it's harsh it can be harsh but and and personal also no it's per, it's yeah. exactly yeah. you're putting a part of you yeah, out there them. people don't realize it it's it's personal yeah. it's very personal i still remember my first bad review i mean it it it, it yeah. today like you know when i think about it it just breaks my heart mine it doesn't anymore i think i've grown past <laughs> yeah, it i've yeah, yeah. grown I mean, over this it this is like the first yeah. one you know i was 23 and it was yeah. my first you know like this lemon tart oh my god it was the, same, the same lemon, lemon tart and someone and you know like i had like you know these french friends who who i became friends with because they yeah. went and they loved the tart and then and then a food blogger went and tried the same tart and like trashed me yeah. like you know wrote about like how it's the worst tart they've ever had and it's wobbly and i was like but it's beautiful yeah. <laughs> look at it it's <laughs> meant to be like this yeah, you know of course and i think it's um, i think it 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 makes you so vulnerable like you said you're putting out a piece of of yeah. you you know for people to try and people don't think of that when they go to a restaurant or it's just like yeah you know this is shit this is yeah exactly but yeah. I, i don't think about it too much anymore Because because if you start thinking about it, then yeah, every night you're just on TripAdvisor <laughs> or whatever, and oh, I like, stopped looking at these sites. Exactly, so I stopped like, it as well. Like, guys, if there's something really really bad that I need to look at, show it to me. But if it's something that you can handle, completely. This is exactly what this is yeah. exactly what I do. I do not look at reviews, good or bad. 
we just do what we want to do because yeah. you have a vision for yourself. You know where things are going. You know what you want and yeah. you have to drive towards it. You cannot get pulled down by all of that. So yeah, it's all part and parcel of it, I think. Okay. What is the the big picture? What is the big dream? Like you had to close your eyes and see yourself 10 years from now. Sorry, it's a cheesy question <laughs> from not from a Tinder date, but <laughs> what would it be? It's so complicated, man. So many things I want, but I think, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of thinking that how seriously do we take ourselves as chefs, isn't it? Are we really changing the world? Because it's so easy to, you know, just flow with that thought and think that, oh, you know, with our aprons and our knives and our, our white chef jackets, we are on some God's mission. But <laughs> is it that serious? You know, it's it's can get so existential and so philosophical mm. about this. But I guess one thing at a time, whatever I do, whatever, wherever this restaurant goes, wherever my life goes, I think doing something meaningful, doing something concrete I'm a cook. I will always be a cook. And I just hope that the future cooks, especially for my country, can give something back to them. That's all I hope for. Amazing. So you're moving back. Yes. <laughs> no, I will. Okay. That's all what, I need is an investor. What I, that's what I got from that. No. Well, thank you so much for sitting in thank traffic you. for three hours and finally making it here. Well, thank you for having me. That was Chef Garima on No Sugar Coat. Join me next week when I talk to the one and only Gary Megan. Yes, from MasterChef Australia. We talk about the grind of culinary school, how his spring onion pancakes could have been lachha paratha, his love for Indian food, and MasterChef Australia, of course. No Sugar Coat is a Made in India production. This episode is produced by Sharanya Subramanian, edited by Soundman. Studio set up by Apoorv Isaac, a.k.a. Lala. Sound equipment by Artiste Studios. Our theme music is Rhythm Maker by the band Haiku. For more information, check out madeinindia.in.